Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining me today, he's a Navy veteran, singer, and songwriter. It's Cody Howell. How are you doing today, Cody? Doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? Doing so good. We are so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up. Nice. All right, so I'm from uh, Parsons, Kansas, southeast Kansas. It's right next to, you know, Oklahoma and Missouri, just down there in the corner. Uh, so I was, like, homeschooled growing up and everything. Uh, mainly what I, like, to, like did growing up was, like, I'd get my school done early and then just uh, go out and skateboard, man. I like to skateboard a bunch. Uh, we did a little bit of, a, like, you know, riding around uh, bicycles and uh uh, stealing uh, apples out of the neighbor's yard down the road, <laughs> you know, some green apples and stuff. And then, then there's a little creek, Labette Creek that we'd go down into and hang around. And then, uh, yeah, man, that was, that was young, young days. And then, uh, uh, yeah, get, getting up. Uh, I need to, I need to actually punch in a few of those on my, uh, it's the <laughs> social media stuff. Don't I, <laughs> I got some good photos from those times, but, uh, we got uh yeah get, then getting a little older man uh we did uh I did some cage fighting some uh a couple bull rides and uh those were pretty fun man. Would but you skate- say you were more of a daredevil when it comes like the activity that you talked about like skateboard? I mean, I did scootering when I grew up because <laughs> I mean I couldn't do any tricks, but I'm just like scootering all over the neighborhood. But you, you talked about skateboarding, bicycling. Then we go to cage fighting and bull riding. Like, was that kind of your personality? Was that kind of daredevilish, like the extreme sports and activities? Yeah, kind of. Uh, it was like I felt like uh, oftentimes the closer I was feeling like I was closer to death, the the more like whoa, <laughs> you know. I was like, you know, adrenaline junkie, I guess, or I don't know what you'd call it, but. Uh, yeah, man, it's like, uh, so let me pause real quick. The, so you didn't do no tricks on the scooter? You didn't even do the little... Oh, I tried. And step down and do a little flip? I tried. I just would fall every time I did something. Like, I would try to do, like, the <laughs> jump up and you spin the um, base of it around while you're jumping in the air. Yeah. Up, I fell. Like... But I still tried. I mean, I I wish I could have done something, but just never could. Now it makes me want to go get a scooter and just to go try now to see if I can do it. See, yeah, dude, maybe now you can, man. We we did a. I remember uh, like at the skate park because I was like oh like twelve years old or something, maybe eleven, and uh they uh they built a skate park in Parsons, and so there's a lot of us skateboarders, and then uh, uh some scooter guys. And they would be able to do it while jumping, just jumping and doing the little flip around. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I, I could never do that unless I was on a ramp, you know, got a little more air. But if I was just like, I don't know, do they call it an Ollie? They don't, I think they call it something else whenever you jump on a scooter. But... Ollie. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I could be wrong, but aren't some skateboard terms, bicycle terms, they kind of all mix with each other because it's kind of the same technique in a way, even though it's on different. I think so. Except I think, oh, so on a skateboard, I think it's called an ollie. I'm going back into my memory. <laughs> and on a uh, a bike, is it called a bunny hop? I would have no idea about the bicycle. I can't, I can't remember. I would have no idea. <laughs> 
with, but it is good. With, Go ahead, being, with being homeschooled, was it hard with not having that interaction with other kids during the school time? Or was after you got your studies done, that was the opportunity to really hang out with people, hang out with people in the neighborhood and things like that? Yeah, that was kind of the, uh, yeah, after school was the time to hang out with people other than my family. But there was nine kids in the family. So we still, yeah, four brothers, four sisters. And, you know, I'm right there, the ninth one or, or actually <laughs> fifth one, whatever in the middle. Uh, is uh, It's uh, so there was already, there's already like, you know, hanging out with each other and whatnot. But afterwards, then you got to meet other people that you didn't sit there and grow up and oh, wrestle with and hate and then love and then, you know, all in the middle. But yeah, that was kind of like, uh, uh, after after getting uh, all school done and, and it was it was too kind of cool because you could you, you didn't have to sit there and wait till three you could work through all of your studies and then uh get it done and then you know or you could even work through it a little more the day before or, or whatnot then the next day you work for it and you're done by noon but it worked kind of way you know growing up did you have anyone that was a big inspiration fam you have a huge family was family a really in- big inspiration motivator for you or were there people outside the family that were those individuals uh yeah we'll see my dad's a baptist preacher too so like kind of growing up well in the young time growing up let me give you let me yeah cuz right now we're talking about like prior to like freaking even being a teenager in a sense, and, and, you know, kind of being a teenager, but so like going up, there was a, a, a Carter, um, Mike Carter that was in ch- our church that he is the inspiration. And he's just, you know, he's good. Like Proverbs type of fella, like, hmm. uh, just, you know, he's just a good fella all around. And then, uh, and then, uh, getting a little older and whatnot, uh, Galen Manners, he owned a uh internet he still does he owns the internet company wave wireless and uh parsons that uh, he's a good inspiration and then there's been you know other inspirations here and in and there uh those are just two you know but uh <laughs> yeah galen man he uh i see i'll get into something else now but uh <laughs> he, he he man that guy he he like knows every like everything about electronics everything about wireless stuff everything about mechanics it's just like, man, if I can know what he knew, you know, or know yeah. what he knows, you know, there's all, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good inspirations, I guess. What about you? My inspirations were my family. I mean, my dad was a huge inspiration because he was one of those people that he would do anything for someone. Like, even if it's a friend he didn't know many for that long, he would go out of his way <laughs> to help someone. He would go and do something for me. He would make ends me just to make me happy and I take that same mentality where I am today is where I'm one of those people that I want to help as many people as I can and try any way I can and that kind of shows the personality that I get from him into me and the future generations of me I want to keep that going in them because it's so valuable nowadays if you are that much of a friend to those people they're going to come to you when you need them so they, it's kind of like you kind of get it reciprocated back. Yeah, that's pretty good truth. Because, you you know, like love goes a lot further than selfishness. Yeah. You know, that's good, man. And it's like, uh, like our family, man, we was all, but there are so many, so many of us, man, we just got tired of each other like so much, <laughs> but we love each other. We just get so, 
You know, it's like bicker, argue, and then okay, I'll help you out or got you. We always had each other's backs, you know, but you know, just a lot of you know, bless my mom's heart too, man. She took <laughs> care of nine of us, dude. You know, and my dad as well. You know, he's taking care of us and the and the people at the church and everybody else. So that's cool. But yeah, man, that's with where you are today as a singer. Was music a big part of your life growing up? Did you have like? genres or artists that you enjoyed listening to prior to becoming an artist today? Yeah. So, uh, see Baptist, my dad's a Baptist preacher slipping up on my words, but so, uh, like a lot of it, we was like allowed to listen to like, uh, uh, you know, hymnals and then like really old, like forties or thirties country. So, you know, it was kind of like either real, real, real old country or uh uh kind of hymnals and I, I did i did song leading at the church you know amazing you know uh it was uh uh so kind of got inspired by a lot of the older stuff too like you know for example would be like we'd be clapping over mountain range seems to sound there <laughs> you know mule train is a you know uh and then uh then kind of hymnals and stuff it wasn't until i kind of was in like maybe 16, 15 or whatever, I kind of started working and whatnot that I kind of got to hear more of like like newer country music. And uh, then it was kind of cool. I was like, oh man, that's cool. So then like uh, Brooks and Dunn and uh, like, man, that was just like some cool music, man. And like, I was like, man, that that's when it kind of came into me a little bit. Like it just like the wind just like, gusted in I was like man that's freaking I think I might want to do something like that <laughs> anyways do you feel that you needed to hear the stuff from the 30s and 40s to then kind of reflect and hear what was modern at the time that you were listening to to kind of really understand the history to what you create today and kind of envisioning as inspiration from those eras yeah no doubt man because uh Partially too, that's part of my style too, because I, uh, it's a, yeah, you got like a, if you get too, too new, sometimes you don't get the, uh, like the terminology, not necessarily terminology, but just like the, uh, the portions of songs that are just like a tiny little, a tiny little, like, you know, moment or something. And then the writing that they did to make that tiny little moment like whoa like i see it it's not just like you know and some some you know i think that gets a little lost i guess in uh more uh modern music so getting those older ones you know with hearing those is like whoa i felt like i just went on like a like a little movie in my head mm-hmm. hearing that song and then and then now you're seeing some other ones and you're like, well, okay, those ones are kind of like a movie, but these ones ain't, you know, and then you're just kind of going through that section of thought process. And then and then that incorporated into my writing and everything, man. Sometimes we're asked that fun question, what do we want to do when we grow up? Or what's that dream job? When you were growing up, what was that dream job for you? This is a good one, man. Because, okay, so... uh since I was about 16, it's been music. But prior to that, when I was like seven or eight, nine, 
me and my uh, younger brother, Grady, who used to, we had animals, you know, little animals, and we had a bunk bed. And we used to stand on the side of the bunk bed like like we're riding in a trash truck. And then we'd, <laughs> we'd hop down and grab the, <laughs> grab the animals and chunk them in the bunk bed like we was a, a <laughs> trash bed, man, because we'd always... Uh, Every Thursday when the trash bin would come around, we'd run outside to watch them because they were like, I mean, we're like little scrawny kids. And uh, <laughs> and they're just like, you know, picking up the trash can or the trash bags with one hand and uh, like just chunking them in. And meanwhile, when we took them out there, we were like, Ugh! putting them on <laughs> our back to try to bring them out there. And so like, you know, whenever I was like eight, I aspired to be a trash man. Whenever I was like 16, then I was like, oh man, this music stuff is pretty cool. I, just, I, I kind of, you know, somewhere in the process, oh, and a firefighter. We used to, uh, uh, me and Grady, same thing. Uh, we used to dress up and, because you know, the little, like, not uh, like the little army men mm-hmm. with the little, uh, little, they got a the little flat thing, like in a uh, Toy Story. Little army men guys. Well, they they had little firefighter guys like that too. So we used to dress up in just blue jeans and a white t shirt and tuck our shirts in and just like play like we was fighting. <laughs> well, see, uh, see, now you just need to get a promotion with like waste management and just say, "Hey, can I do a promo <laughs> video for you?" So you just be on the back of the truck and then you're just like grabbing and be like, "Just living, living my dream of an eight year old right now." Man. Dude, if we would have if we would have had video cameras back then and freaking been able to video us taking that, <laughs> and then, then then I could do that now and then grab a bag and chunk it in, man, and put it back to back. That'd be freaking hilarious. But uh, yeah, no, maybe maybe that is something for the future. Just being like, <laughs> you're gonna remember this interview, and if it does happen, we'd be like, well, I sparked the idea. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get like one percent credit of the of the idea of you doing that so like, we need alex over here, Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> i have to call it grady <laughs> over here there so in your path we kind of mentioned at the beginning as being in the navy talk about how did that opportunity come about and what was the reason behind wanting to do that yeah so i was working with uh galen uh manners the guy that i said like owns way of wireless. So I worked there and, uh, just in the process of working there, man, I was like going to college for audio engineering. And I was like, uh, I was just like, man, I'm either going to go to Nashville right now and chase that dream. Or I'm going to go to like serve my country first. And, uh, you know, I'd even talked to him about that as well. Uh, and then, uh, cause my mom's real patriotic, you know, and, uh, um, you know, my whole family is, you know, but, uh, yeah, I was just like, I, I, I kind of just in talking to, uh, uh, Galen, uh, manners about all that and everything. I was like, uh, yeah, I need to just go, I need to go do it while I'm still young. Like I need, cause otherwise I don't want to get old and then be like, man, I wish I would have served my country. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to give my portion to the country. So that, you know, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where the idea kind of sparked out of. I guess it's the, I, the idea sparked from my mom, and then, uh, and then, yeah, but then it was talked to, and then I was like, okay, well, after I graduate college, I'm gonna go to the military before I go to pursue my dream. 
What was the biggest thing the Navy taught you about yourself? Ooh, uh, that's good. Okay. So I would say uh, patience. Patience. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have to be patient. Just uh, because there's so much crazy stuff, man. Like even some of the people... It's just nuts. Anybody else in the military probably, yeah, <laughs> no, right off, dang, yeah, you got to, you have to, re- you got to require a lot of patience. Oh, uh, it's like there's a saying too: hurry up and wait. And <laughs> hurry, uh, stand by to stand by. That's another saying in the military that yeah, you just gotta. I mean, it's it's because you know everything sounds like really upbeat and all the time and everything you know going you know. And then, but when you're in there and everything, like you got, you're like prepping. There's like so much prep for to get it done, and that just is like sometimes you're like, uh, but you end up getting used to it, and then you end up, and then when that moment does come, you're like, dang, that was that was, that was worth it. That was cool, you know. Yeah, so I'd say patience. I think. Do yeah. you feel that you were fully prepared? for everything you experienced in the Navy? Or do you feel that like, it's kind of like a what if? Do you think you could have prepared before you had you went in? Because sometimes we hear about all the training, the pre-stages before people get into the military. But do you feel that you were prepared in different ways for it, but it really kind of taught you new things during the time? Um. I guess I would say like uh, <clears throat> prepared before, like would be like um, the same type of thing. Like, so like, I think like being homeschooled and not being homeschooled, like you get prepared in other ways, not being homeschooled, you get prepared in other ways, being homeschooled just in different aspects. And so there was some ways I was very well more prepared than other people. And in some ways I had to pick it up quick, you know, because I wasn't always outgoing and everything like I was kind of, you know, but like I wasn't like meeting new people or, you know, engaging with new people as much. I, I didn't have that down, but I learned it pretty fast in the in the military. But uh, yeah, I never really had that down quite till I went to the military. Uh, that was one of the negatives. And then in the in the other side is more like. Okay, if I came up with an idea, I knew it was good. I already expanded on all the different options that could have happened in whatever way. Like that—that that was more of a homeschool thing, I think. And I knew it was going to work, and then it did work. Uh, versus, you know, sometimes just coming up with an idea, and then people, spe- you know, oh, well, this is a good idea, and then it, it's like, no, nah, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like most of the times, I was able to calculate uh, most like. Most every every different option and different route of different things that could you know could go wrong and then able to make it work, and then it's like oh man okay that did work you know that what other people would say so I think there was and then just having good uh um good uh uh good grounding you know you know I think that helped a lot so I think that yeah that kind of was good man you know i don't know did you you did you did i don't i haven't checked it or i haven't really looked did you did you serve and everything i did not i did not okay because it's the uh the 
one thing's uh, step up to the challenge and stuff. Where did that uh, name come from, I guess? Can I ask you a question? <laughs> yes. So the rise of the challenge for me is I'm a type 1 diabetic. So I've been living with a medical condition for almost 18 years now. Um, So when I was 10, um, I got diagnosed. And so every year is always a challenge. And what rise the challenge is, is every day is a challenge that I always rise up to. So when I conquer that day, when I conquer something diabetic related, I know that I'm going to beat it. And so I use that same mentality in any action. If it's an athletic competition, is it a educational challenge that during school, if it's a work challenge, I always rise to the challenge. And that is kind of the mindset and motto I live by no matter what. I always see that sign every day at work when I'm working because my other office is on the other side. But I love it. I mean, I feel like I'm a phoenix and everyone is rising the challenge. Even if they don't have a story, no matter what career they're in, no matter what they're facing personally, everyone is rising the challenge in one way or another. Do you ever get, uh, like, so, because like some, you know, a lot of people, or I mean, they come with a, you know, whichever idea, and they're like, okay, boom, I'm going to stick to this, stick to this, stick to this, and then it dwindles. How do you how do you make sure that it doesn't dwindle? Are you talking about an interview or just in general? No, just, just in general, like you're, you're waking up, you're going to work or something, or each day and waking up, hey, do I rise to the challenge? Like, And then like you sit there and go with that, and then now it's uh, two weeks later and it starts to dwindle off. Same as like, you know, starting a new year's uh, resolution or something. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to, or I'm going to start working out. Or I'm going to start doing something this and it dwindles away, you know? So how do you keep the rise to the challenge mind aspect from dwindling? I think the dwindle is the challenge part. I think when yeah. you look at it and you're kind of going off course, if someone's saying, I want to do a Tough Mudder. That was one of my uh, New Year's resolution was to do a Tough Mudder. And there was days I didn't want to train for it. I didn't want to do anything with it. But I knew I had to do it for a personal challenge. And I knew if I didn't want to work out, I had to get up and work out. And I did. And so I think dwindling is the part where you're going to see if you can rise to it. Because if you get off course, how do you get back on course? Are you going to do something? Are you going to adapt to a different road? Kind of like if you're GPSing, there's 20 different ways you can get to from point A to point B. How are you going to get to point B? No matter which route you take, as long as you get to that end goal, you're doing it. You're rising to the challenge one way or another. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I was just asking, like, the times that you... uh... In, in, in you, you know, or in, in it, because I, I know the ones in me where I'm like, gosh, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'd be, I'm not going to wake up. I'm going to lay here on a dang bed. Oh, I <laughs> don't know. I'm, so I'm, what, how do you get over that is what I'm saying. How does your I just brain get, I just work do and it. do it? I mean, I just tell myself, you're going to get up and do it. Like I get up at 5 a.m. to do workouts now. I hate it. But I know that I'm not going to do, I don't get the best effort in other parts of the day that I know if I get up at 5 a.m., I can say, I did my workouts and I can enjoy the rest of the day. So telling myself to do it gets me to go and do it. Other people have their own ways of doing it. Yeah. But I tell (laughs) myself I'm going to do it because I'm doing what's best for me. 
I got a couple. So like some some of mine, you know, where I'm like, I don't want to do this, man. It's gonna suck because I'm see- seeing too much of the big picture. Mm-hmm. So then I just I I I give myself a a reason to succeed. So instead of just seeing the whole picture, I'll be like, well, you know what? I'm just I'll just get up out of bed. I'll move to the couch and I'll open my laptop. You know, like I just make this task so minute that it's so easy to do. <laughs> you know, so that you just make a reason, you know, a reason to succeed, you know, because uh, I think I think a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, they're always fighting with their own things in their head, you know, their own different problems, their own. Uh, and uh, it, it comes down for me, it, it definitely comes down to very like minute uh, processes in my brain where I'm like. You know, I'm like, oh man, do you know my shoulders just messed up right now? Though, should I get a rest? You know, and maybe I, maybe I can still, but maybe I could get a rest while I'm, st- you know, because all obviously after a day of hard work and everything too. Like, I mean, people are still like, man, my body's hurt, my body's hurt. How am I going to get up and continue this day, and then also do what my own goal is? You know, especially people working nine to five and everything, doing the same. They're like, you know. And so they're doing this and then they're trying to also do their own goal. And it's like, okay, how do you do that? So in my head, I guess I, I give up uh, like a little minute way to succeed, you know, I don't know if that makes sense or not. I was just asking, you know, oh, it does. If, if, you, if you ever go through that or anything like that, or if you just, just, if it's just a turn on that you've made a habit in your head, cause that's, that's, there's a few things I've done that way as well i just go for i just do it like i don't i try not to use excuses but during the time of being in the navy how long were you in there and when did you know you're ready for the next chapter in your life so i was like uh so i was in there i went to uh boot camp then uh came out went to uh uh fort me maryland for a c school for mass communication and then i got put on uh, carl vinson uh and the ship life that sucks <laughs> just straight up uh it was you just living on a ship then we went overseas for ten and a half months or nine and a half months whatever it was uh to the Arabian Gulf we was bombing ISIS just you know every day and it's just like I mean for a whole year pretty much a whole year of my life not quite a whole year but you're just living out there in the dang I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here or uh, living out in the dang ocean, uh, and uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, that was like I wanted to get out of the navy. I was like, nope. I, I like after this, after these many years, I'm getting out. And then, uh, then I got a, a, a phone call. Was on Thanksgiving. Hey, you know, da da da. You want to come over and uh, to like be support in the special operations community side? And I was like, okay, cool. That'd be all right. I was like, uh, yeah, maybe I'll try that because it, you know, because it was like a give and get. So I could get it, get off the ship like one year sooner, but then I'd also have to sign for two more years. So I was like, eh, really want to get off this ship because this sucks. But I really enjoy the people too, you know, as much as some of us, but you know, if you, if you're on a ship and you're, uh, overseas for, 10 or 10 months, whatever it was, it's, it's either nine and a half or 10 and a half. So I'm just going to say 10. 
if you're overseas for 10 months with the same people, it's like the same working every day with the same people. You're doing 12 hours a day. And then Sunday's a holiday, which means you only have to work six hours that day. So it's just, you know, you're constantly working. And even if there's nothing to work on, you're still, there's just made up work, man. But anyhow, I was like, okay, I do want to go see what the other side, the, instead of the fleet side of the Navy is, what the other side is like. And so I, did, I decided to go do that. And uh, I did that and that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. But uh, I, whenever I first joined, man, it was just, I was just, I wanted to join just to give my portion of my life to my country and then go do my dream. So I, uh, I went and uh, I, I did, I did longer than what I thought I'd do. I thought I was just going to do four or five years. And then I ended up doing seven years. And then uh, I was just the dream man to what I felt like I was supposed to do was a calling man. It's just like, no, you need to get, you need to get out. You need to get out. You got to go do this. You got to go do this. It's like, cause otherwise I think I'd have been just taking it, you know, taking advantage, not, not taking advantage, but uh, like I wouldn't be doing, doing what I felt like I'm supposed to be doing. If that makes sense. I don't know if that really makes sense, but makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? It's all your perspective when it comes to that. Like sometimes you're, you lived that moment. I mean, some of us never were in those same situations. So you know when the timing is right. And you talked about how music was such a big dream of yours. What, when you knew that this was the next step, what was the first thing you were hoping to accomplish? Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. So then whenever music was my, Biggest next step, and I was getting out of the Navy. Yep. What was the one thing you wanted to accomplish right off the bat? I was like, man, can I just get into Belmont? Because uh, <laughs> I like coming into the Navy, I didn't know that, I, that there was a GI Bill and stuff that I could get college with. So, but I learned that, you know, within the first couple months of getting in the Navy. And then I was like, coming out, I was like, man. I don't know, but I knew Belmont's in Nashville, and it was like, okay, other other than that, it's Middle Tennessee, so I was just like, Middle Tennessee State University, and I was like, uh, other than that, I was like, man, can I just get, like, can I even get into college there? Like, I don't know, like, am I good enough to get in there? So that was my first goal, because I knew if I got into there, I'd be able to move over here, you know, move into Nashville, and then I could just start working, 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 networking as well, you know, just get out there and do my best to see what, you know, there's put myself, my own body to the challenge and see if I could actually pull it off. You know, that, I mean, that was the biggest, biggest thing in my head that I was like, I got to try to do this. In the fall of 2023, you have your debut single coming out. Talk about this creation that you're creating the new single what can you share about it for listeners and your fan base okay so this is a cool one and i'm uh super glad that this is the first one to put out uh so following right up on the military stuff and everything coming 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 in and get going to belmont and everything and then just networking i come across a fellow named jason johnson man and uh so uh, and it was just, just, 
out there networking, meeting everybody I can meet. And I, I see this guy and he's also a, a, a ex-military fellow. And uh, he's the same guy that's sponsoring, uh, sponsored me with his uh, uh, Project K9 Hero. Uh, and uh, I, I support everything he does, man, because he's a man. He's he just he grinds it out, man. He just keeps going in it. Uh, so he was a co-writer on this song, Anyway You Go. So it's it's like, I don't know, man. It's like it's like it's meant to be or something in a way, man. Because uh, uh, just meet, meeting him and everything, he's like, hey, man, I got this nonprofit. And it's, it's starting to come up, man. You know, da, da, da. it's like building this, building this, building this, building. And uh, he had it pretty well built. I mean, by the time I, but I mean, now he's already gone to way more extremities on uh, uh, the, uh, I mean, in building this nonprofit. And he does like the best numbers too. I think he's the, I don't know if it's five star ranked A or whatever it is and, and whatever they rank nonprofits on. But so he, uh, he uh, uh, co-wrote this song with me called Any Way You Go. And uh, it was kind of the kind because of, I was kind of I had it kind of written, man. I was uh, uh, I I it started with a dream a little bit, like a dream I had where like we was coming out of a Walmart, and then like oh well, it don't matter whichever way you go, we're going. And then we went to this bonfire, mm-hmm. and I just woke up. I was like, wait, I feel like I got to write this down because I had halfway kind of thought in the dream that oh, this will be a cool song. I woke up and then just kind of jotted down the idea, kind of had it roughly sketched. And then uh, I hit up Jason, and uh, then we got together down at his compound. And then uh, uh, just man, it was this cool man. He helped me. Uh, I kind of had the first verse written, chorus written. Then he helped me with the second verse, and then the uh, and then the last verse. But it's man, it, I don't know. It's a cool song, man. I think it's a pumpy one. It's a it's a feel good song. It's a come together song, you know. It's the song's called Any Way You Go, you know, and it's, I mean, we use bonfire as like, we're all going to a bonfire, you know, but, you know, it's a good country song welcoming to whoever they are that wants to come. And we just got done, uh, uh, we just got done filming, uh, for two days bonfire footage and, uh, or go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just got done filming. Filming some good bonfire footage, as well as uh, we got we got the artwork done, and so that's up on Instagram and Facebook now. We put out a, a deal to say, you know, go ahead. Like we got like three different different ones. Like okay, pick which one you like and whatnot. And we got some good edits, man. Some some people gave some good thoughts to it, so we put some edits to it, and uh, uh we went with the one that the people wanted, you know, because it was kind of what I wanted, anyways. But either way, I. <laughs> You know, still would have gone with whatever, but you know, I was good with either any of them. But you know, yeah, the people end up wanting the same one that was my favorite, so I was like, cool. So, but yeah, we got the three different ones posted up there on Instagram, Facebook, so you have to check them out and talk on them if you want to. But yeah, man, just go ahead, man. I just in addition to that new single, you're really starting out in your music journey during this time and you're working on a debut EP also what's exciting about make, creating these songs and really getting your name out there as the music industry is a competitive area where 
you know, people have to find their niche and they have to find what makes them unique than the other artists out there. When you're creating these songs, what's that for you? What's that mission that the listeners are going to be like, I can connect with Cody or I'm going to enjoy what he's writing because others aren't doing that. Mm-hmm. I'd say like, uh, try not to be a copycat okay. in the, in the biggest uh, way. Like, so like, you know, you'll come across a lot of ideas, a lot of like easy way outs. Like I can be like, Oh, and the stars are shining. It's a good <laughs> night. And I'm holding your hand. And this, you know, everything's feeling light, you know, whatever you, you can say those lines, but it's like, okay. Like, you know, I mean, I'm going to extreme level, but like, that's obviously extreme level. Like where that's like, obviously like it's too easy to copycat. Mm -hmm. So like, you just gotta, I mean, for my brain, I just try to keep searching for like a new term or new, uh, something that hasn't been made up. And there's like, there's some songs that, uh, like even any way you go, it's it's a cool song, but but that song's been written, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a different way, you know, in a different style. But also that I mean, you got to keep writing those songs because, you know, people get you know, same with me, probably same with you, I'm guessing. Uh, you know, you get at some point you're like, okay, I want to hear a different party song or I want to hear a different yeah. bonfire song. I, I want to hear the same bonfire song for five years straight. Like <laughs> half a summer is enough, you know, I need something else coming in, you know? So, but they're, you know, in a sense, they're kind of the same songs, just kind of written a little different, but the ones that like, I'm really going to push for, for is, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, some of the ones that I got that are like, uh, not kind of written the, the new terms, new new ideas. That's what I'm kind of. That's what I really push for. But you know, you get in this. This one's a any way you go is a good one because it adds in. What we tried to do in this one is because you know the songs, the basic kind of kind of aspects of the songs are, you know, it's a party song, it's a upbeat song, it's a bonfire song. But we try to add in the different. Um, aspects of it that ain't normally used. So we got, you know, doesn't matter how you come, you can come and then, you know, just <laughs> come on over here. You know, just get here, man, you know? And then uh, we got a uh, uh, second verse is more about like, you know, you can take your own road, you know, just as long as you're, you know, your own road ain't messing with other pe- other people's roads, you know? Get that freedom in there, baby. And then uh last one is just like, you know, do what you gotta do to get there, you know. But it's a it's it's a cool one, man, I think. Something I ask all artists when they come on my show is what's that dream venue, event, concert hall that you hope to perform at one day? <clears throat> Dang, I'm gonna have to take a drink on this one. Think about this. <laughs> Now, it'd be interesting if you named the same one as others, because usually there's one venue that a lot of people say because it's so iconic. So I always get... And I probably already know what you're saying on that, but I don't, I don't, I don't, and I don't know if it's the right one that you're even saying, you know, like, can we just, can I guess it? 
Oh, you can guess it. I mean, but I'm curious for you because if it is the same, it just shows how iconic that venue is for people. And it's just awesome that everyone has that same dream and goal. They all are rising the challenge to it. It's not. That's not what my brain thinks. Uh, a specific venue that I'd want to play at. Or event. It doesn't have to be a specific venue. Or event. I don't know, man. I don't think I have a... I don't think I... I ponder it, but... I've never thought of it. I've never thought of uh, something like that in that way. Because... I'm not trying to just make up stuff. Because I like kind of just playing around a bonfire. Man, that gives me more stuff than... But I also haven't played at an event extremely big. So I don't know what that does either. Well, you so, will be one day. I know that for sure. You'll well, have, you'll get there. Uh, it's uh oh man, dude! I don't think I have it. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's Red Rocks. Okay, what's special about that for you? It just looks cool. I haven't ever been there, but it <laughs> just looks really cool. It looks like a really cool place to play. So, if I had to say one, you know, maybe that place would be really cool to play at. Looking at the future of your singing, songwriting career, where do you see yourself in the next few years? What are you hoping to accomplish in that career? In the next few years? So, yeah. Okay. So I got this last year of a school at Belmont University for uh, music business. Um, uh, We just started school back up. So I got this last year to do that while I'm releasing my first EP. So I ain't going to be touring too much. Well, I'm finishing it last year, which may be a good idea, maybe a bad idea. I don't know. But either way, I'm just like, nope, I'll let me go. Let me just, a lot of times people want you to wait till you get out of college to start your music stuff. But I'm like, I'm maybe nope. I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> I'm like, nah, let me just start doing this. So, and I'm trying to set up for like the, the full album release to be kind of like, you know, a few months before I, uh, uh, graduate, but, uh, and then uh, I'm already working on my what my songs for the next album is going to be in uh, uh, like in and then yeah, just after I get out of college, I just want uh to push everything I can into uh, uh what I got going on, and then also get like more more creative because there's only been like actual like creative that hasn't been copycatted. Like that's a really really hard thing to do. Like very very tough. Uh, you know, you're. I, I didn't even want to call myself an artist till I till I had like three or four uh, actual brand new ideas uh, under my belt, and I got those. So I think I call myself an artist now. <laughs> but you know, it's just you know, because like I mean, an artist is is you know, if you you know, you're you're. I feel like you're creating something brand new. You're bringing something new into the world that hasn't been here before. And so uh, I, I just want to keep uh, honing in on that uh, creative aspect of my brain and then uh, pushing that out, whether whether it's in front of stadiums or whether it's in front of, a, you know, a bonfire crowd or, uh, you know, just playing it, you know, for two people on my front patio or something, you know, like 
I'd be cool with it either way, you know. The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? Ding. Okay. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. For me, uh, it would be that uh, 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 make an excuse to succeed instead of an excuse to fail. Just make an excuse to succeed. Like, uh, same thing, because uh, my brain just dwindles, man. It, like, I get, I get too... If I'm rocking on the same thing, I'm like, oh, this is getting boring. So I just then I start to just be bored by it. So I got to keep switching things up. But that's why I just always kind of keep rolling with uh, making excuses succeed. And then another one is just go with the easy day motto. Like, no matter what type of situation you're in, just say easy day. It's just another day. We've been through worse. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, man, just, yeah, grinding through. Sometimes, like, you know, you don't want to go do it, but those are the times you probably need to do it. Anyhow. Well, Cody, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people, and we are excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate uh, hanging out to you as well, Alex. Uh, thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, thanks to uh, Anna and uh, uh, Dawn as well for uh, uh, waking it all up and everything. And man, it's cool, man. I love it. I love your logo too, man. Rise the Challenge. Dude, that's cool. Hell yeah. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to get a full-length episode in video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.